0: Welcome to Kotak Money Watch, a podcast series where we talk about the latest news and views on finance stories and how they affect you. My name is Abhishek and uh, this week we will be talking about something that we all know, that's savings, which we know is a good habit and an important one. And we have different ways to do it through gold, equity, mutual funds, insurance, etc. And snuck in somewhere, there is the interest rates that we earn by parking our money in the bank accounts instead of keeping them in our cupboards. To talk about the importance of this, joining me on the call is Puneet Kapoor, the Executive Vice President at Kotak Mahindra Bank. Nice to have you here.
1: Good afternoon, Abhishek. My pleasure.
0: Puneet, just about a year ago, and in fact back in October 2011, we all woke up to the news in all the pink papers where we read that the Reserve Bank of India had decided to deregulate the interest rates on saving bank deposits. Now, what does that mean in layman's terms and how does it affect the consumer?
1: To begin with, Abhishek, it was a welcome news from the Reserve Bank of India. What this particular directive from RBI essentially told the banking industry and the consumer was that savings account, which thus far had been looked upon as a routing account primarily, is something more than that. We can look upon that savings account as a genuine income generator, as a genuine product where the consumer can now look at as parking his investible surplus as well. The background to the whole thing is that somewhere the household savings had slowed down in the country. And coupled with the slow income growth and the rising inflation, it was having a double whammy, so to speak. So there was a serious need to garner money back in the savings uh, bucket. Also, there was a need to give direction to the surplus of cash lying with the Indian consumer into a channel which can give a genuine return. Typically, people would look for opportunities which give returns in the double-digit region, which is not always possible. Also, different kind of instruments carry different kind of tax implication, And it is not necessary that everyone would understand the, uh, you know, nitty gritties of financial planning. So what the deregulation essentially did was to give an avenue to the banking industry that they could now present the savings account product itself as a genuine medium to attract household savings and present the product in a very simple form where one doesn't really need to put too much of Thought of mind, whether I should or whether I should not.
0: Before the deregulation happened, I'm not sure how often do all of us check their bank statements and see that, all right, let me see how much interest I'm getting on the money that I've put in my bank. It's more like it's a pleasant bonus when you see in the bank statement or the passbook that, all right, you've got a few hundred more rupees just because you've parked the money in the bank. You might as well invest the same amount in national savings certificate. Let's, some might argue that market movements will not affect national savings certificate or a provident fund. How still do you think that Changing the interest rate or making it slightly higher will woo the consumers.
1: Okay, it's a very interesting uh, observation which came out. When this change came, we also stepped out and did some consumer research. And the findings that we got out of that consumer research were really revealing. 50% of the people did not even realize that thus far they were earning at least 4% on their savings interest. So what you mentioned that it was always a bonus realization oh, that there's some credit in my savings account on account of something called interest was very true with a large population of this country. People were surprised that the rates are actually 4% and not 2% or 3%. So this was one aspect. The other aspect is, in fact, if you go back a little uh, in the history, before April 2010, the formula to calculate interest on your savings account was something which was beyond anyone's comprehension because it used to pick the least balance in your account between the 11th and 30th of the month and then put a calculator on that. So nobody could ever really calculate what is the right interest he should have got in his savings account. Post-April 2010, RBI moved the arithmetic to a daily product basis. So at least now you were able to calculate your interest and Post this change in October 11, one can actually look at savings account as I was have been saying as a genuine investment product. So what has happened is with the reaction that has come in the industry with some of the banks therefore increasing the rate of interest at a 6% or a 7% interest on balances above 1 lakh in savings account, this product today actually competes with a term deposit.
0: Yeah, exactly. And term deposits would get you around that percentage, right? 6 to 8% maybe.
1: Correct, yeah. So, so, let's say if a, if a one-year term deposit is at 9% and you are in the highest tax lab, then on 9%, 30% is your tax liability, which is 2.7%. So, your effective return is 6.3%, correct?
0: Right.
1: And a savings account, which is giving you a 6% or 7%, is therefore effectively putting as much income earning opportunity to you as a one-year fixed deposit would. The good story doesn't end here. The good story continues in the form of the Finance Bill of 2012, which said that interest on savings account up to rupees 10,000 is exempt from
0: tax. So, in other words, are the banks and in turn the Reserve Bank of India encouraging people to park more of their money in their bank accounts rather than going out and investing in, say, infrastructure projects or equity or debt? That would sound ironic, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where the regulator is coming from is also with a view on the not-so-educated, not-so-literate customer who understands fancy financial products. So, these customers run a risk of getting misguided at times. uh, moving their money into complex products and not really knowing how much of returns they will get. So by giving this tool to the banking industry, what the regulator is saying is, please educate the last consumer of the country that there is a very simple opportunity available for him to put his money in and allow to earn him a decent rate of return. This also, in a way, negates the tendency of the small consumer to hold cash because he doesn't really know where to put his money. So He say, okay, it's rather secure with me in the cupboard in my house so what the regulator is doing is encouraging the banks to attract more and more money from the household sector into a simple savings scheme in a way there's also a hidden objective that it may manage to bring out a lot of cash and bring it into the regular economy
0: so that much more money banks will have to lend to entrepreneurs or small businesses who want to uh, you know start new projects etc and how difficult is it to convert an existing customer who already has a bank account, let's say with other bank, because as far as I know, if somebody tells me that boss XYZ bank is offering you 6%, but your current bank is offering you 4 but I'll say no, it's just too much trouble for me to switch the bank account from my bank into somebody else's because there are so many loans that I have, let's say the EMIs need to be transferred. I've got to call up my vendors if I'm a small-time entrepreneur to tell them that please deposit the money that you owe me, in the new bank account. So, do you think there will be a lot of constraint, although there is benefit involved, but the existing customers might not really find it worth their salt to convert the bank accounts? See, there are two, three
1: aspects or variables that one has to overcome here. The first one is human nature, which is inertia. The inertia factor would be far more in the small and medium customer than in the high-end H&I wealthy customer. So let me take an example, a small customer, let's say a customer who is typically keeping 10,000 rupees in his savings account. A 2% on 10,000 rupees translates into 200 rupees a year. When you further divide it by 12, it's about 16 rupees a month. Is that an incentive enough for someone to move his account? Obviously not. So the first factor is that this whole opportunity of higher interest makes a meaningful sense to how many people. That's part one. The part two is today your savings account is not just a debit and a credit or a monthly expense uh, routing account. It also lends itself to mapping itself to all kinds of periodic obligations that you have to run your life, which could include your utility services that you take through your savings account. You can automate that whole process. You can pay your Monthly instalments for various kinds of loans that you have taken by mapping it to your savings account. You can do your small investments in equity or in mutual fund through the SIP route by assigning your savings account to that particular factor as well. So there are various kind of attachments that you put on your savings account. And when you therefore consider moving your primary savings account, you also have to rally around to remap all these things to a new account that you would want to open with somebody else who's giving you a higher return. There is an effort involved, which could also be at times a dampener. Oh, there's too much of effort involved. Let me not bother about it. 2% I'll manage. Then the question comes, okay, do the banks have capabilities, tools, mechanisms to help the customers do this switching seamlessly? And is there a cost to this whole switching effort?
0: Oh, that'll be that'll be even a bigger blow.
1: Yeah. Fortunately there is no monetary cost to it. There is only an effort cost. And some of the banks have developed what we call switching kits. So this kit essentially helps you capture all kind of attachments or linkages that you may have on your savings account. And the banks then help the customer sign up new mandate and on behalf of the customer they file the new mandate with the prospective bank and a transfer instruction from the existing bank to make it look very seamless for the customer and yes customers do see value in it
0: and how long do you think it takes in terms of days you could put a number see it would still typically take seven to ten days
1: because the kind of attachments that you may have so if let's say you have mapped your mobile phone built a savings account if you have mapped your household electricity bill to your account or an EMI to your account so giving a new ECS mandate canceling this ECS mandate reaction time from the service provider I think typically 7 to 10 days is what it would take
0: but that's that's quite reasonable that's then, reasonable
1: yeah yeah, that's reasonable because that's a one time effort that you are putting here
0: last couple of questions from the bank's perspective how long can the bank sustain this because banks owe that much extra money to its customers which they okay. weren't used to paying in the past
1: one simple arithmetic Let's say somebody was carrying a balance sheet of 10,000 crores on savings deposit. A 2% increase on that means 100 crores of additional interest payout. That's primarily one of the biggest reasons why most of the big banks did not react to this deregulation opportunity. Whereas the medium-sized banks who had an opportunity to, without increasing the interest bill by a huge amount, create a pull factor for the incremental customer went that path. Now, has it benefited the banks? Yeah, in two ways. One, let's say they were acquiring 10 new customers at a point in time, they are probably acquiring 12 or 13 new customers. So there is that much of an incremental run-up that they have managed to get for themselves. The second thing, obviously, is that it translates into balance sheet growth it translates into consolidation as in typically a consumer would keep two to three savings account and distribute his money now because one bank is offering a higher income earning opportunity it allows the bank to consolidate all money into one primary account instead of keeping it split across two three accounts then he gets to earn the benefit of higher returns across all the pockets of money that he has so those are the upsides now, for how long can you sustain this momentum? Obviously, it is primarily linked to the interest rate environment. And so long as the interest rate environment is holding on as it is today, there may be an opportunity for the banks to maintain the current higher rate of return. But as we see inflation coming down, as we see interest rates softening up which basically means that your lending rates will have to come down. And the moment the lending rates have to come down, then correspondingly the deposit rates would also have to get normalized a little bit. The way things stand, I don't see any changes coming in till the end of uh, this fiscal. But as we get into next fiscal and this is the monetary policy in March, how the environment would emerge and what reactions may come then, I would say that we'll have to wait till then for that.
0: Well, Puneet, I think on that note, it's time to wrap up. Thanks a lot for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely that of its participants and may not necessarily be subscribed by Kotak Mahindra Bank Limited or any of its group companies.